world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that freedom forgot, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. So, uh, show 489. We're getting close to, uh, close to 666. 666. So, a couple of things. Uh, my teaser today, I talk about Evan uh, Knappen's New Jersey Gun Law book. So, with all of these new shooters <clears throat> that are entering the fray, I've been inundated nonstop with questions. Uh, are hollow points legal? How can I transport? How do I pack? How do I do this? How do I keep a gun in the house? I'm not a lawyer. I give people the best advice I can, and I tell them to seek out advice if it's a real legal matter. But what I'm watching happen on the internet, on social media, with people asking questions. Now, I see some people get aggravated, but you have to remember, these new people had an awakening, Mm -hmm. and they're buying guns now, right? and they don't know. right? And we all know that New Jersey gun laws are ambiguous and designed to trap the law-abiding citizen. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So... I implore everybody in New Jersey to get the New Jersey gun law book. You can just Google evannappin.com for 50 bucks, get the book. And I've seen so many people post, just buy this book, you know, with the link, telling people to do it. Listen, you just spent seven or eight hundred dollars on a gun. You just spent seventy five dollars for a box of nine millimeter from some prostitute gun store. Right. Okay, that is ripping you to hell off. For less than a box of overpriced ammunition, you <laughs> right. can get the book. Now, that might keep of, you out of jail and, and spending $20,000 in a retainer. So to put it in perspective for you, all you new listeners and sharing this with people, Evan Knappen's book is 520 pages. 160 pages of it is in fine print of all the New Jersey 2C codes. Right. Now, this book is eight and a half by 11. So, guys... And girls, 160 pages of six-point type. Right. Two-sided. Designed to put you in jail. Designed to put you in jail. Now, the first 360 pages of Knappen's book answers all of your questions in English. Yep. Right? Yep. Everybody should yep. have this book. I'm telling you right now, Evan's been doing this forever. His brother Lou's been doing it forever. Uh, so he has in his book... Anything you can think about, exemptions for possession, carry permits, out-of-state carry permits, retired cop stuff, uh, armor-piercing ammunition, gun permit applications being denied, knives, daggers, dirks, stilettos, penalties for unlawful possession. I mean, listen, you I've been using this book how many years now, Sandy? You've known me oh, over 10. Over 10, and, yeah. And he, he revises it all the time. So I just want to read one page from Knappen's book, and then we're going to move on. He writes, New Jersey gun law provides a knowledge base for the fundamental laws that affect and concern law-abiding New Jersey gun owners and sportsmen. 
New Jersey gun laws for general information use only. This book is not a substitute for professional legal advice. New Jersey laws constantly change, okay? And this book focuses on New Jersey and New Jersey only, all right? And I love what Knappen says here. He goes, if kept readily accessible in the car at the range while hunting or in one's gun room, will serve as a helpful guide and instant reference source. Keeping this book handy can help protect you and the rights of other law-abiding gun owners and honest sportsmen. It may help you avoid false arrest and unnecessary legal trouble since, unfortunately, even many law enforcement officers do not know the law, particularly regarding firearms. Remember the time the police chief came yep. up to my, my yep. place in Belleville? Absolutely. They were having an argument, the police chief and the lieutenant? Yeah, you had the uh, you had the, the the cops all there. There were police chiefs there. There were there were high ranking officers of police departments. One was a chief. One was a chief, right? And they were they were yeah. um, they they were betting and arguing over who was right on the law, and both of them were wrong. And they came in to get a copy of your uh, nap and book. Yep. And we opened it up, and I found the answer, and I gave it to them. And uh, you know, when I used to live in Whippany, the police department had one in the uh, firearms unit. Wow. They had a copy of the book. Yeah. And when Brett was in charge of the firearms unit, uh, Brett Bloom in the state police, before he retired, he yep. had a copy of it down in Trenton. Right. So everybody should get the book. And that's what uh, Knives, not- too. And, and, and Evan is, I think, uh, the attorney of record for knife rights. Yes, he is. And he's been a knife collector since I think he was nine years old or something like that. He's got a lot. So everybody should get that book, reference that book. Again, that would make a nice gift. The holidays are coming. Yeah, perfect. Buy somebody that book. Uh, It's very easy reading. It's set up with uh, in English with questions and answers. It's idiot proof as as idiot proof as can be. Right. So I have one in my office. I have one in my house. Uh, Now, Evan Knappen wrote an op-ed piece for Ammo Land. And uh, he wrote, How President Trump Saved Our Gun Rights from Obama's Bump Stock Straw Man. And the reason I did the whole show uh, in the beginning, the intro with Evan, was because when I read this article, I'm like, I got to pitch Evan's book because of everything that's going on with all the internet commandos and lawyers and attorneys and stuff. And, you know, make sure people, because somebody's going to get in trouble and it's going to hurt us all. Right. Exactly right. Yes. So Knappen wrote, he goes, Do you believe that Obama's ATF was? Bevinently pro Second Amendment that it approved bump stocks without an underlying anti gun political purpose for doing so. Knappen writes bump stocks were part of the Obama Biden Holder Clinton Democrat plan to ban all magazine fed semi automatic firearms, a goal that now presidential candidate Joe Biden, come on, man, still <laughs> wants to see imposed on honest gun owners. Bump stock firing uses the recoil of a semi-automatic firearm to shoot multiple rounds in rapid succession, similar to fully automatic machine gun fire. By making semi-automatic firearms act significantly more like machine guns, a semi-automatic ban would have been easier to sell to the gun-ignorant public. This is a good angle that Knappen had. That's why I had to share it. Yeah. He wrote that, President Trump surgically removed the threat. Conflating fully automatic firearms with semi-automatic firearms has been part of the anti-gun playbook before the first assault weapon law was ever passed in the United States. Your buddy here, Sandy. Josh Sugarman, executive director and founder of the Violence Policy Center Mm. and mastermind of the assault weapon issue, wrote the following in his 1998 manifesto. 
Assault weapons, menacing looks, coupled with the public's confusion over fully automatic machine guns versus semi-automatic assault weapons. Anything that looks like a machine gun is, is assumed to be a machine gun can only increase the chance of public support for restrictions on these weapons. Hmm. So Napper broke, right? So from day one, it was shamelessly admitted that the stupid public would confuse semi-autos with full automatics. We see it all the time. Right. All right. right. Thankfully, the NRA and pro-Second Amendment advocates embarked on a successful public education campaign about semi-autos, and with time, the public better understand the differences between semi-auto and fully auto. But now, Knappen says to revise this tactic, however, bump stocks became the new vehicle to push a semi-automatic gun ban. Right. Joe Biden's current position is to follow through on this and run gun ban. And he is quite open about if you can read uh, and you can read it on his website. Biden wants to. And this is right off of his website. Regulate possession of existing assault firearms under the National Firearms Act. Currently, the NFA requires individuals possessing machine gun silencers and short barrel rifles to undergo a background check and register those weapons with the BATF. Biden plans to put every semi-automatic rifle into this category of machine guns under the NFA. Yeah, right. This would ban all future production of semi-automatic firearms and require every currently existing semi-automatic gun owner to register and pay a $200 tax per gun. Right. And that's just okay. step one. From the Correct. registration, because now they have a registration of long guns. Many states, including New Jersey, does it not require you to register a long gun. But now you will have to register a long gun. It's brilliant. So Knappen wraps up. This was an ammo land, by the way. He wraps up saying, thanks to President Trump, the bump stock straw man was sidelined. And our Second Amendment is less vulnerable to the machinations of those out to destroy our rights. Uh, you know, Knappen's a smart guy. I have to agree with him here. Yeah. Yeah. I think Obama's Absolutely. ATF allowed bump stocks through figuring they could yeah yep. yeah intentionally. Yeah, so for all you haters out there, you know, that can't stand that you know Trump and the bump stocks went away, you know, be objective and think about that angle. All yeah, right. by banning you know, those bump stocks, he did exactly what he needed to do in order to close that backdoor loophole that they opened up with bump stocks. Do you know how many times do you know how many times I've had to tell people the difference between a semi-auto and oh, a fully God. auto with it's the assault constant. weapons thing? Yes. Million, a es million. Especially new people, they constantly, even new gun owners, uh, or some people I've known who have had firearms for a long time still don't know the difference between a, a full automatic and a semi-automatic. It's the media pumping it, pumping yep. it, pumping yep. it, yep. pumping it, pumping it. And the anti-gunners like Mom's Demand and Josh Sugarman's group and everybody right. constantly pumping it. So people are buying it, okay? And they buy it, buy it, buy it, and it does not end. And we are constantly fighting, constantly fighting to get this out. It's not a good thing. And so, listen, everybody should read that article. Everybody should own Evan Knappen's book. Uh, because it's it's important that you know the laws and you know the hoops we have to go through. You know what else the book is good for? Going full circle here, the holidays are coming. You have people at your house. 
and Johnny says, oh, I bought a gun because I fear for my safety. And five other family members or friends are in the house and go, oh, my God, you bought a gun, blah, blah, blah. You're going to hurt yourself or whatever. You know, how easy was it to get a gun? And you can whip that book out and say, you see what goes on in a state like New Jersey? You yeah. see what we have to go through? And you can show them all the right. laws and everything right, that right. we had to go to. Right. It's not I, like you're just I think it's it. invaluable. Yes, exactly. It's not it's not your opinion anymore. It becomes actual fact, which, you know, so many people, especially the new people, um, they they don't know. Like you say, you're getting and what's kind of cool is that you're getting these same questions that are so, uh, for years and years and years. You've been doing this, what, 25 years or, or better? Almost. It'll be 30 soon. Okay. And for 30 years, it's those same questions over and over again. But now you see, you can sense, you don't need any polls to show you that there's a massive uh, movement toward new gun purchases and, and new gun buyers. It's not the same people buying more guns. It's new people buying first-time guns because of the questions that you're getting. And you're getting hammered with these things. So you don't need a poll. Sandy. People need to educate. People need to be aware. The media yeah. is the most effective devil in America. Yeah. It comes from Maj Ture, M-E-D-I-A, most effective devil in America. Yep. Yeah. So President Trump and Melania were tested positive for COVID. I'm still on Twitter, even though my account's been locked down since January. Uh, you can't believe all the left-leaning blue oh. check marks wishing the two of them die. Yeah, I know. It's so sad. Of the tolerant left. Listen, I joked about taking Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, zip lining. She yeah. passed pancreatic cancer, old age, fell apart. You didn't see me dancing in the streets or celebrating. No. Okay? No, she passed. Uh, she should have obviously retired early and spent time with her family. But So now her seat's up for grabs. So I'd like to talk a little bit about Amy Coney Barrett, 48 years old, Indiana. First uh, Supreme Court justice out of the nine up there that won't have come from an Ivy League school, by the way. Yeah, which Seven is kids. the main reason I like her. Uh, yes. I don't even care about her politics. <laughs> <laughs> it's the main reason I like her. Seven kids, two adopted from Haiti, one special needs. And she also clerked under Justin Justice Antonin Scalia. Yeah. Okay. One of my favorites. The, this article was from uh, Marcia, Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A, Marcia Coyle. And she wrote that Barrett, who sits on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Seventh Circuit, has only one Second Amendment opinion, which was a dissent. But that, through exploration of the issue in the case, some scholars said, reflects an approach that could result in a sea change in the way lower courts analyze and largely uphold gun restrictions. Okay, there is a significant debate among federal judges and law professors over how one goes about deciding two A cases. Second Amendment scholar Adam Winkler of UCLA recently said the federal courts have generally applied a form of intermediate scrutiny to gun laws. Barrett disagrees and says history and tradition should control. Remember, we all want we all want the um, strict scrutiny for right. two A cases. Right. Winkler added those gun laws that have long been on our statute books are within the power of government to enact. But laws without such a historical pedigree are suspect in Barrett's view. I love her. In the last term, the justices agreed to decide their first Second Amendment dispute in a decade. 
but that case, which involved New York City's restrictions at the movement on the movement of firearms within his borders, ultimately was dismissed as moot because the city eliminated restrictions. We covered this yeah. for months. For months. This is the where it get hot now because everybody wants to know why I call uh, Roger Roberts Roberts a pimp, but. Two months later, the justices declined to take up 10 gun-related petitions that involved a range of questions. The issues in those 10 cases included whether laws banning interstate handgun sales in some cases violate the Second Amendment, whether there is a constitutional right to carry a firearm outside the home for self-defense, whether two states, Illinois and Massachusetts, could ban assault rifles and large-capacity standard capacity magazines, and whether a state can require people to dis- demonstrate a specific need for handgun permits. That would have been a Cheeseman and the Rogers case. Right. Four justices, based on their comments and some of the petitions that were denied review over the years, seem eager to return to the gun rights issue. Thomas, Alito, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh have voiced concern that the lower courts are restricting the individual right recognized in District versus Columbia by versus Heller by an incorrect or overly narrow reading of that decision. Now, Clarence Thomas in 2005, Diego versus Radzinski, Thomas in a dissent called the amendment a constitutional orphan and a disfavored right of the second of the Supreme Court. That's what he's calling the Second Amendment. All right. That he's 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 deadly. I love him. Although only four. This is why I'm so rough on Roberts. All right. Because people ask me this on uh, on in, on social media. Although only four votes are needed to grant uh, the review to review the a petition. Court scholars and others have suggested that Thomas and the other three justices have been reluctant to grant review because they were uncertain of the fifth vote for a final ruling in a granted case. The uncertain fifth vote is Roberts. Right. Okay, because somebody asked me, why am I so tough on Roberts? Because we have the four votes to grant cert. But Thomas Alito and Kavanaugh and Gorsuch know that Roberts is more worried about his legacy than than the constitution and the bill of rights you're absolutely right okay and, and so now he hates this president ahead. so much that he will go against anything that he thinks might make him happy correct so now all right if when amy conan barrett goes on on the supreme court robert's vote is no longer needed if barrett is confirmed right okay right now what has been a four one four split on the courts becomes a five one three divide three liberals the pimp and five conservatives right okay i want to continue this when we come back because you hear that i'm pissed off i just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country maybe there will be people need to start taking to the streets this is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. When they go low, we kick. How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? Biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. You, you would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. 
punch some people in the face. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump, and that's a fact. Look as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. A Missouri state senator is under investigation by the Secret Service after saying she hopes President Trump is assassinated. I will go and take Trump out tonight. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome and sadly the domestic enemies to our voting system and wow. our honoring our constitution are, are right at 1600 pennsylvania avenue they're not going to stop before election day in november and they're not going to stop after election day and that should be everyone should take note of that on both levels that this isn't they're not going to let up and they should not if you think we're rallying now you ain't seen nothing yet I am, uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental fil- my physical as well as my mental fil- fitness, and uh, to uh, you know, and uh, to uh, you know, to make a judgment about who I am. Rectal itch. Harris Biden administration is going to relaunch that effort. <laughs> okay, we're back. So- so, so right now, we're going to go from 414 to 513, all right? This is one of the reasons why the left is ap- apoplectic about Trump, because three hundred, almost 300 judges confirmed. And I also think that the second Barrett is confirmed, Trump should fill her f- seat in the 7th uh, the, the district. Yeah, right. Okay, I, I believe you should fill it. It's empty. Mitch McConnell, get that blue card ready and get somebody up there. Well, so. the Democrats are, are already uh, promising to pack the court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like so. to pack something on them, but that's another story. Uh, so now let's talk about Barrett's sole Second Amendment, Amendment, Amendment opinion, because, of course, people online is like, she has no history. She has no history. Segment. Listen, she's 48 years old. She's very conservative. This is her one opinion on the 2A. Okay, so let's argue she's not the right person for the job. Would you rather Ruth Bader Ginsburg back there? Yeah, right. Okay. Right, I, Sandy? I, I just, I don't understand people who, it's got to be perfect, it's got to be perfect. And it's I, never going to be perfect. No. And, and look, you, I, I get the fact, and, and statistically, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember who I heard explain this, but of the the justices that were, if they did not have a, if they were appointed, let's just say, and they did not have a track record of voting consistent, like, you know, um, uh, uh, to Clarence Thomas, who has consistently held to that, to that line of protecting the Constitution and the originalist of protecting the Constitution. If they did not have that, they always went left when they were appointed. Guys like Roberts and and Kennedy have always, you know, just kind of flip flip flopped. And even even a guy like uh, uh, what's his name, uh, you know, with the, uh, the the drunk party. What the hell is his name? I, I'm drawing a blank here. Help me out. The drunk party. Yeah, you know, uh, what's his name? The last one. Uh, I'll forget it. But the um, you know, I'm old. 
I know it's terrible. It's like I, I just had a Joe Biden there for a minute. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> so listen, so people don't realize how much work and money and effort it takes to get a case to the Supreme Court. I've oh, seen yeah. Drake. I've seen Pantano. I've seen Cheeseman's case. I've seen the Roberts case, Rogers case. Please listen. So here's the deal. So Barrett's sole Second Amendment opinion was in a case called Cantor v. Barr. A two-to-one panel upheld the constitutionality of federal and Wisconsin laws barring felons from possession of firearms. Cantor was convicted of mail fraud by falsely representing that his company's therapeutic shoe inserts were approved by Medicare and he billed Medicare accordingly. Judge Joel Flaum joined with Judge Kenneth Ripple. Both of them were appointees of Reagan. And they said history did not answer the question whether or not uh, violent felons as a class historically enjoyed Second Amendment rights, but it wasn't necessary to answer that question. Instead, the majority applied intermediate scrutiny. Here it is again, okay? Requiring the government to show that the challenge law is substantially related to an important governmental objective. That is an approach taken by a majority of courts weighing gun restrictions. Flaum concluded the government met its burden, but Barrett, in her dissent, rejected the government's view of the historical evidence. And here's what she wrote. The historical evidence does, however, support a different proposition, that the legislature may disarm those who have demonstrated a pro productivity for violence or whose possession of guns would otherwise threaten the public safety. This is a category simultaneously broader and narrower than felons. It includes dangerous people who have not been convicted of felonies, but not felons lacking indicia of dangerousness. Okay, she concluded in some founding and founding era legislators categorically disarmed groups whom they judged to be a threat to the public safety, but neither the convention proposals nor historical practice supports a legislative power to categorically disarm felons because of their status as felons. Yeah. Holding the felon ban constitutional as applied to Cantor, she added, treats the Second Amendment as a second class right subject to an entirely different body of rules than the other Bill of Rights. Yeah. Alito right. said this in 2010 in McDonald versus Chicago, and Clarence Thomas said this at least three times in his dissents. Okay, right, right. and here she wrote her four potential Supreme Court colleagues, Thomas, Alito, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh also have endorsed the history, text and traditional analysis. Guys, listen to me. All right. Barrett's views on felon possession of guns are well outside the mainstream of judges who have weighed the issue. Her analytical approach, he added, suggests that only those gun laws that have historical pedigree are constitutionally permissible, and her view of what counts as relevant history, he said, is very narrow. In the felon possession ban case, Barrett disregarded a half a century of blanket bans on felons having guns, he said. So are all other recent gun restrictions unconstitutional too. Listen, it depends on the felony. Yeah, right. right. If you were a felon right. convicted of mail fraud, and I'm not separating white collar crime from minority crime or anything like that. If you beat your wife up and you're a felon, you should or you should never own a gun again. Right. All right. Right. But if you bounce checks and you committed a felony and you paid your time and you should be able to get a gun again. Right. 
right? right? Once you pay your dues, if we're allowing felons to vote, violent or not, why can't a felon exercise the Second Amendment amend, uh, a right, right? Right. And so again, she's a strict scrutiny attorney. She's a textualist, like like uh, like uh, Antonin Scalia. We need her. Stop with the division, okay? I can't get it. So Scott Archer uh, corrected me because I was talking about the ages and health of judges. Yeah. And Scott Archer and his uh, significant other, Becca, are great gun for hire supporters and radio supporters and our Sussex County brethren. He wrote, hey, brother, listen to the show, as I always do. And, and you were discussing the possibilities of retirement on the Supreme Court. You left out the liberal Breyer. He's now 82. He's 10 years older than Thomas. OK. Wow. And so and Sotomayor, who I don't know how old she is, she's a diabetic. OK, a Trump reelection pretty much guarantees a 7-2 conservative majority. Disagree, Scott. It would be 7-1-1 because <laughs> Roberts is a pimp. And if like many full-blown diabetics, Sotomayor may develop other issues. There is a possibility for an 8-1 majority by the time Trump finishes his second term. So I didn't even think about Breyer's 82. Trump gets reelected. He's going to be on the court till he's 86. And, so, and again, I'm not wishing ill will on anybody. I'm just saying that the court is starting to get old and you know that Thomas and Alito are going to wait. They're 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 young enough where if Trump lost, they could wait for another president. But, you know, most Supreme Court justices want to be replaced by someone who views the, the Constitution the way they do. Right, sure. So, you know, right now we're talking his first term, three Supreme Court justices. His next term, he could replace two conservatives with conservatives. He might replace another two. Could you imagine in, in an eight-year term, seven judges? Right. It is quite possible, Sandy. Yeah. And right. all I care about is judges, judges, judges. Is Trump abrasive? Hell yeah. Okay, I don't give a shit. Him and Mitch McConnell just keep packing the lower courts and just keep giving me Supreme Court justices because many of you intimately do not know the pain that I have felt one loss after another struggling to get our cases from the lower courts to the district courts, to the appeals court, to the U.S. Supreme Court, and fingernail biting for six months if they're going to grant cert or not, and then to find out you've been kicked down a flight of stairs again. Right. Exactly. Over and over, over and over, over again. Cheese yeah. case was running the same time as our Rogers case. I did not look at them as competition. I supported Cheese case financially. I got everybody else to support it financially. I had them on the show. We talked about it because if he wins, we all win. And if our NRA case won, we all would win. Kicking and screaming, we get those cases up there. I go to bed every night waiting the next day. What are they going to grant cert or not? And then Dan Schmutter would post, nope, it's delayed for another week. I don't care what case I woke up to. I wanted a Second Amendment case, and they got knocked down. Right. They got knocked down. Now, what do we have in the future, people? Why is Barrett so important? We have a New York State Rifle Pistol Association case versus Beach regarding concealed carry. Okay, that is working its way up to the Second Circuit right now. All right. We have the Cook Carry case at the Ninth Circuit in Hawaii right now. We have the New Jersey 10 round mag case at the Third Circuit right now. And then we have the California 10 round mag case at the Third Circuit right now. So we have two carry cases and two mag restriction cases that are on their way to the U.S. Supreme Court. All right. A year, two years from now or whatever at the latest. Do we or do we not want Barrett on that court? Right. 
because then Thomas and Alito and Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, they know they have the five votes. They don't give a shit about Robert's opinion. All right. That's what we want. So all of you stick together. We have to support this. We got to get out and vote. Judges, judges, judges. If you don't like Trump's hair or the color of his skin, I don't give a shit. We're talking about judges being appointed that are in their late 40s that are going to be there forever. We'll all be dead and those judges will still be up at the U.S. Supreme Court putting our country back in the direction that we need because the radical left, the right, the middle, the crazies, they're not going to do anything for us. If you think our elected officials are going to do anything for us, wake up and smell the coffee. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right. And that ended my rant there. <laughs> so a lot of you know that Murphy's budget went through and all of the uh, increases in the gun taxes have failed. Steve Sweeney uh, said that he would not sign the new bloated budget if any of that gun stuff was in there, which still makes me think Steve Sweeney might be thinking about future political yeah. aspirations. He's kind of he's kind of motioning in that direction, isn't he? Okay, yeah. Why would he not go along with Murphy on the party line? Now, of course, Murphy, uh, you know, made sure there was a ton of pork in there for four hundred million dollars for new state uh, Christmas decorations. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to read the entire but you want to read the entire budget, there's about three billion in pork yeah, in the budget. Just yeah, everybody just gets what they want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four hundred million in Christmas decorations. Yeah, of uh, Mur Murphy also did something that uh, in 1996 under Bill Clinton, federal law, if you're on welfare or any type of federal assistance, uh, you do not get more money every month if you have more kids. And uh, that bill, that law now is a federal law. It's up to the states to decide if they want to enforce it anymore. The day after uh, the budget uh, passed, Murphy quietly signed an executive order. Uh, so now if you have someone that's on welfare that has two kids, every additional child they have while they're on welfare, they get more money every month. Right. Okay. So uh, state money, not federal money, state money. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, can't make it up, right? No, you really can't. Okay. Now, before I talk about uh, maybe reparations for us business owners and what a pimp Murphy is, the New Jersey State Police has announced an enhancement to firearms application and registration system. That this, nobody can understand. Nobody can understand, <laughs> but here's the deal. Uh, CNJFO is researching it. Evan Knappen, Dan Schmutter, Scott Bach, ANJRPC, we're all researching it. We don't know if this, how much this is going to help us, especially with towns like Teaneck that take a year and Passaic that take right. a year to process sure. a permit. Yeah. So we're going with an e-permit system, which started Thursday, October 1st. All right. It, it's an enhancement to the firearm application process that will make electronic handgun permission per purchase to permit e-permits to purchase a handgun available immediately upon approval and provide electrical viewable access to available permits at licensed retail dealers. All right, this is a 2006 AG directive mandated uniform statewide practices and procedures for full, all firearm application processes. In 17, a development began off to the application and registration system, which was launched statewide in February of 19, streamlining the firearms application process for all municipalities across the state. The system allows residents of the state to submit online applications 
for firearms purchase ID cards and handgun purchase permits. The New Jersey State uh, Police Firearms Investigation Unit and Information and Technology Section, along with outside vendors, spent years of research and development to launch the e-permit. So listen, ladies and gentlemen, they say if you have a permit now that you apply for before October 1st, it's still going through the paperwork system. But after October 1st, it's all e electronic. We don't I don't know how it's going to work now. So is TNAC when you get the approval from the state police, can you just have it electronically so it cuts the one year delay like my buddy Robin? He's, 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 should he just cancel his permits and reapply after this? Robin, I don't know. Uh, people are asking me a ton of questions. We're basically waiting to see how the first person is processed. You know, and, and then what happens is, so the permit is, is issued to you, a pistol permit is good for 90 days. How does one go about getting a 90-day extension? Right. Does that require go back to the police department? Once you're approved, you have to go to the police department to pick up your physical firearms ID card. Is a town like Teaneck or Passaic going to wait a year to issue you your firearms ID card? Right. You see, there's multifaceted questions we have here. And we can't answer them yet until we see how the system is going to go. Listen, we got an email on this September 28th as a firearms dealer. We got an email September 28th. Hey, guys, guess what's taking effect October 1st? We had, we, we, there was no, and they sent us a, a ton of screenshots on how the process works now. <laughs> but, you know, but we don't know, we, we haven't, we haven't gone through the process yet. For us, someone picking up their gun, it's going to be an easy thing because it's electronic. We'll be able to see it in our uh, state police portal and they'll have it on their phone or whatever or they'll do a printout but I'm more concerned about the initial application process for an FID card and the process for getting pistol permits if this cuts out these shitty towns like Hackensack, Teaneck, Passaic, Patterson, Jersey City, Camden you all know who you are you right dragging right denying son of a bitches out there <laughs> clifton two six months it takes to get a permit i'm getting people are coming in they're freaking out they're waiting months and months and the, the police departments don't return the calls the chief doesn't return a call the mayor the council you know law-abiding tax-paying citizens get in the back of the line right right classism classism okay i hate it that's i hate exactly it i hate it, it that's exactly what it is yes i hate it and I, I, I'm constantly hearing it. Is there anything you can do? I've been waiting. And I, t I have tricks. I tell people what to do. But it, it's not always effective. They don't give a shit. Right. So we're going to find out if this system is going to work or not. All right. So we, and then going back, we have all of these cases. Now, did you know Murphy? Uh, there's a law that requires when Murphy shuts down businesses during the pandemic, he's basically seizing our property. There was a law in 1942, six months after the bombing of Pearl Harbor, the New Jersey legislature passed what is known as the Civil Defense and Disaster Control Act, a law that was designed to provide for the health, safety, and welfare of the people of New Jersey. The law is now the basis of a lawsuit being filed against Phil Murphy. The suit being filed in Sussex County Superior Court by attorney Rob Ferguson of the Florham Park firm Sturm, Killen, and Ruffalo and Catherine Brown of Denville is on behalf of Darlene Pally, the Franklin Borough owner of CKO Kicks, Kickboxing, which was shut down in March by Murphy. The lawsuit says that when Murphy issued EO 103, 104, and 107 invoking the Civilian Defense and Disaster, Disaster Control Act, he essentially took control of businesses that were ordered closed. But in doing so, he violated the same law for not implementing the compensation program mandated by the law. He left off one part of the executive order. Yeah. Okay. 
The law specifically states that if he takes, uses, or employs private property, even temporarily, he must compensate the owners of the property. And this is the, the act right here. The governor is authorized to utilize and employ all the available resources of the state government and of each and every political subdivision of the state, whether of men, properties, or instrumentalities, and to commandeer and utilize any personal services and privately owned property necessary to avoid or protect against an emergency subject of the future payment of the reasonable value of such services and privately owned property as here and after in this act provided. All right. So the governor was supposed to establish compensation boards in each county. Okay. So that they received petitions from the property owners who had their property taken or controlled by the government. But he never Murphy did. never put this part in place of his executive order and using that disasters and disability law. So she's suing. We're watching this because every business in every county is going to jump on this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. As they should. Show me the money, bitch. Day 192 of 15 days to flatten the curve. For many people walking into a range the first time, it's quite intimidating. So when you walk in through the double doors, the first thing you'll see on your left is a concierge. When people walk in, they can take a tour of the range, or maybe they're coming in for an appointment with one of my instructors or me, and they'll be directed to the right classroom. It kind of softens the entire experience. It makes people feel more at home. As you walk further into the range, you're going to notice we have New Jersey's only indoor 50-yard range, which is heated and air-conditioned. The dividers at each port are bulletproof. They're extra wide ports so two people can stand side by side and shoot. There's lights in the ports so you're well lit. We also have three times as much light down range that the average range would have because I believe it's important that the targets are well lit. Our target retrieval system is all digital. You program how many feet you want to send it out and it stays there. Both of our ranges are tactically baffled which means when we run our higher level courses, you can move forward to the firing line and shoot in any direction and bullets can't escape. When you come out of the 50 yard range, to your left you'll see our large classroom and go back up to the concierge and make a right, we have two smaller classrooms. And those classrooms are for small one-on-one -on -one classes, our Build-A-Bear, building an AR. As you enter through there, you'll see that we have a uh, portal with a key to go into our platinum lounge. They can sit around and watch TV on the leather uh, chairs or couches, and they can maybe work deals with their uh, clients. And you normally don't see a cafe in an indoor range. In New Jersey, we have this archaic law where you're only supposed to go from your house to the range, range to the house with no unnecessary deviations. I'm seeing a lot more families coming in now where they have multiple kids, and the wife will stay in the cafe with one or two kids, and they'll do a handoff. To me, it's very important that people are treated like family, so the bathrooms are very high-end. We use marble and corian and really nice tile and full-length dividers so that people are comfortable when they come in. When you exit the bathroom, you'll see the Gun For Hire radio studio where Sandy and I tape our show. After you pass that and you make a left, you'll notice our retail area. Over 120 firearms for rent. As you turn 180 degrees, you see the large sections of bulletproof glass. That's our 25-yard range. And inside our 25-yard range, we have 13 ports. Those ports are even wider than the 50-yard range. Both ranges have full-time range safety officers. In case you have any questions or concerns, they're there to help you. Yo, hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo. I'm a gun.
Bryson talking patriot, God being patriot. Bryson, why they mad? Cause I'm real and they be faking it. Free speech. Hey, can you get that hard booger? <laughs> we are we're back. Are we back? Yes. No way. We are. We're back. Yes, we are. I'm busted. And I don't care. Any of our listeners out there that have a long and narrow pinky, <laughs> I would like to see them privately. <laughs> okay, moving along. Before you I get into I learning. Put up with? Damn, sh- sh- I, before we get into learning, I got some uh, great letters. Yeah. Don't forget the Patriot Tour is stopping here, October 31st, okay? Look it up, thepatriottour.com. You want to bring your kids and family here? I'll be announcing the time as we get closer to Halloween, okay? So listen to this. This was a gentleman I met who took one of our classes. And you talk about the second is for everyone and diversity. His name is Rasheen. Hello, Anthony. This is Rasheen from your 9 a.m. class this past Sunday. I wanted to take the time out because I feel you're worth the time to say how thankful I was to have been in your class with your other instructors. You guys made this fun, calm, and relaxing. I'm going to be honest. I don't see too many people that look like me or myself in the world of tactical defense so far in my young experience, and it can be a bit much or sometimes feeling not welcome. I fully enjoyed my experience. You actually helped me make me feel more confident in doing this, and I would like to learn how to compete in competitions and train like you guys. Oh, All right. Cool. Yeah. I want yeah, I want to get better, and I'm truly blessed to have had you, Vlad, and the other instructors like Moosey. You don't know how much of an influence you can have on a person in making them feel better and more confident, especially in something that is not familiar with them. I'm ranting now. Sorry, words can't express how much Sunday meant to me. Thank you so much again. I will see you again for another class. Peace, Rasheen. This is what it's all about. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. And I spoke with him in the class, you know, while everybody was going in and shooting and stuff, we all, we all, you know, everybody talks and stuff and he was blown away because again media perceptions and stuff he thought that he was going to come in here and be treated you know differently and he wasn't he was treated like everybody else and uh (laughs) (laughs) exactly i tell everybody welcome to the family we treat everybody like family so when you're done get out yeah okay everybody gets a kick out of that i got a great letter from scott donahue All right, Scott Donahue's been following us, and he wrote, First, thank you for the quarantine crawl. We got up to the area of the range and planned on grabbing something to eat before going in. I looked at the list and chose Hollywood pizza. He's a good man there. My daughter now understands what we mean when we talk about pizza with flavor, because the pizza in PA sucks. He lives in PA, Scott Donahue. Second, let me apologize for not seeing you on Monday. We got to the range and your staff were great. The paperwork and check-in process was fast and seamless. I was very impressed with the challenge coin you gave my daughter. She is 13. It has the firearm safety rules on it. I love the fact that you reinforced the rules for kids on the coin. She did the Eddie Eagle program as soon as I thought she was ready for it. You're a good man, Scott. My wife and I were both impressed with the number of rental guns you have. We were trying to test a list of guns. My wife was like, had liked to fire them and feel at the action and you know, before we purchase, we were able to rent two guns for our port and give her the opportunity to compare a good number on her list. 
Your safety measures for rentals and the professionalism presentation and interaction with the RSOs was incredible. My wife commented to me that it was the first time she didn't feel like she was bothering the staff when she needed something. She was <laughs> thankful to one of the RSOs who suggested a change to her shooting stance that improved their position and tightened her groups. It's all about the hospitality, right? Absolutely. I did ask to see you before we left, but was told you were in a meeting. I was actually on a conference call, NRA committee meeting for grants, uh, Scott. So it was three hours long, so I'm sorry. We have money that we have to disperse out to other NRA clubs and stuff that are asking for grant money. So I apologize I couldn't come out. He, go, he also wrote, having run my own business in the past, I understand the importance of doing business and meeting with clients. I didn't want to bother, but wanted to relate to you how impressed with the whole process we were. I'm happy to report that my wife decided on a Glock 43, and I will be ordering one for her. I have told her that she needs as uh, the, she needs to leave a five-star rating on Google, Yelp, Instagram, and all those sites we can find. Yay, baby! Again, many thanks for all you do for our two-way rights and for running such a great range. It is clear that your commitment to customer service is instilled in all of your staff. Thank you, Scott, Donna, you, and family. That means the world to me, Scott. You have no idea what, what a, a letter means like that to me. Uh, I buy my employees lunch every Saturday and Sunday hot lunches, cold lunches, or whatever. Try to treat everybody like family as best as we can. Sometimes you the hand that feeds gets bitten, you know, but, but I got I got to look at it as the big picture. You're only as good as your people, my retail, my concierge and my people in the range. We get the one star reviews. Sometimes you can't please everybody, but we go out of our way to make people feel comfortable. And, you know, uh, thank you so much. I can't, I can't thank you enough. So let's talk learning here real quick. George Y comes in Sunday morning all by himself to shoot. And, uh, uh, Friday morning to shoot, and he's got a revolver. He's got a Smith & Wesson 686 Performance Center gun, and he's got a box of Sig Sauer uh, 357 ammunition, Sandy, and he brings it into the range, and he shoots it, and none of them fire. Wow. <clears throat> they all get hits on the primer, but none of them take off. He tries them in his Winchester lever action or his Henry lever action. They all fire. So he comes out, and he buys a a box of our PMC 357 Magnum, and he goes into the range, and bing, bang, boom, they all shoot perfectly out of the 686. Wow. We talk about this all the time yeah. with learning. Yeah. Remember I tell you people come in, they shoot range ammo, and then they go home and they load self-defense ammo in their gun? And they never, ch and and they never check it yeah. to see if it works. Yeah. yeah. Right. Does that ammo eject from your gun? Does it feed properly? I don't know. Uh, now a revolver, which is pretty idiot-proof. Here you got George. Imagine if George, well, this is good Sig Sauer, self-defense ammo. Right. I'm going to go home and protect my wife and my two children with this ammunition, and I'm going to shoot the economical range ammo. And so George and I had a discussion. Ed Hildebrand was here too. Captain Wheelgun, how apropos, yeah, right. happened exactly. to be here. Yeah. This was right before we recorded the show, and we were talking about it. So you, you see, this is important. Every aspect of your self-defense plan has to be taken in, into consideration consideration mm -hmm. uh so george had this expensive ammo and imagine now somebody broke into your house you point the gun at them they make a move on you he would squeeze six bullets and nothing came out and how common is that because everybody they don't want to they don't want to take the expensive and i'm putting that in air quotes uh you know ammunition to the range and shoot it off but they don't even test it many i told you retired cops yeah okay yeah right retired cops right. they would shoot they would shoot cheap range ammo or stuff they had left over right and then they would load this self-defense ammo into their uh rich you're moving a the mouse there and it's moving my computer you're, there's there's a mouse hooked up to shut that mouse off sorry for the interruption sandy 
I'm, I'm, okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, that was weird. He's helping. There we go. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm doing the reader on the show. Richie's got another computer. He's moving the mouse, and my whole screen is flying <laughs> around. I'm like, what, what's going on? I thought I was an out-of-body out experience. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess they're wired to the same uh, the Red 1. Bulls 21 gigawatts. <laughs> they both have the same gigawatts on the flux capacitor in the mouth. So anyway, you have to test your equipment. If you're gonna have a revolver, you gotta shoot a minimum like of your computer boxes. <laughs> yes. You gotta shoot a minimum of five boxes of that self-defense ammo. If you got a semi-auto, I'm gonna tell you you gotta shoot a minimum of ten boxes. Yeah. Definitely. out of that gun oh yeah so you don't have failure to eject failure to feed stove piping light hits on the primer so now ed and i were looking at that stuff and we're thinking that the primer material is probably either too thick because sometimes the primers are recessed a little bit yeah uh you know that's why because he was getting a stronger hit on the winchester lever action so he can still can you continue to use that ammo up in the range but as far as home defense that ammo is poo poo and i've seen this hundreds of times i had an and entire case of actually two cases of ammo um for a uh so it was a 20 gauge uh that it was just taking light hits and and everything else and i ended up sending the gun because it was a brand new gun and i sent it back and it wasn't an expensive gun it was a stoger and i sent it back to stoger in in maryland and they're like they tested it. they're like there's nothing wrong with this gun and they sent it back <laughs> And I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? And I'm getting ready to write a really scathing letter to Stoker about how their, you know, service department is crap. And I just happened to check, you know, I had an extra box of something else and I threw that in. And it was it was Remington am ammunition. So it, it was it was named it wasn't Harry's, right? So it happens all the time. So all of you, I told you many listeners on the show have talked about it where I've said I have retired cops, they load their loading ammo, the carry and use for self-defense and they don't even know if it'll feed. Yeah. Feed or fire. So you have to check all your equipment out. Now that's not in Knappen's book, but you know, that's 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 a legal thing with Knappen's book, but you have to really and we're here. I'm a resource for you. And um any questions people have, I'm always willing to answer. I'm just trying to defer and make it easier because I'm not a lawyer. So you want to talk to somebody like Evan Knappen and Excuse that book me, is absolutely the book. authority on New Jersey law because New Jersey law yeah. is literally designed to make you a criminal. Yep. Yep. 100% designed to screw you and put you in jail, scare you more than anything else. Oh, yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, sure. You know, yeah, to so stop you it, from purchasing a gun or, you, or, uh, or having a gun or using a gun. You know, so people should read it. You know, the quarantine crawl is up to 260 businesses now. Hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, we had some glitches with it. You know, we tried to create our own Yelp page, and it wasn't taking the searches properly. So when you were trying to search from your current location, or if you tried to em enter uh, like a zip code or something, it wouldn't. It would just give you all 62 restaurants. Let's say it wouldn't give it to you closest to farthest. And it worked for a little bit, and then it reverted back. So we we paid a couple hundred bucks. We put a call ticket in with the app developer, and it should be up and running now. But I, I use it for everything. When people ask me for legal counsel, doctor, whatever, I just send them the quarantine, you know, gunfire.com forward slash uh, crawl. Just like Scott Donahue used it to go up to a Hollywood pizza. Told me the pizza was great, but I guarantee you, 
guarantee you that if he mentioned gun for hire or the quarantine crawl, that Ralph up there probably gave him VIP treatment. Yeah, right. You know, it happens everywhere we go. When we tell people mention the crawl, everybody comes back and says, holy shit. You know, I went to Griddle this. I went to Sabor, Peru, whatever it was. They Once I told them I was, you know, here because of the quarantine crawl, I was treated like family. And that's what the way it's supposed to be. So we want to continue to grow that. If you know anybody, product, business or service. I don't care where it is. Uh, you know, uh, Kickin' Brass app, they're in Las Vegas, Nevada, and uh, they're on the quarantine. Yeah, crawl. right. Exactly. Uh, you know, I, I don't care. Just give it to me. We all need to keep each other uh, and support each other in the family because that's what it's all about. Now, uh, our instructor classes are starting. Me and Chuck Leonard from Personal Protection Institute, Chucky's my buddy, uh, we have starting uh, on Halloween 1031 basic instructor training. Then we have pistol instructor, rifle instructor, shotgun instructor, range safety officer, chief range safety officer. Please keep in mind, NRA two years ago changed it. If you want to take pistol instructor, rifle or shotgun instructor, you have to take the basic student course first. It's now a prerequisite. Somebody emailed us and like, when did this change? When did you guys implement this? Because, you know, I heard it. we didn't implement it. The NRA implemented it. Right. All right. And I, for years, we used to say, why don't they, why is right. it mandatory yeah. that you have to take the student course student before course. you take, correct. And then finally, somebody I know who's on the education and training committee, who's an NRA board member, me, uh, voiced that up. And two years ago, uh, it became a prerequisite. Right. Because so. <laughs> and, and it, it is a totally different course than the instructor course. And if you're going to teach correct. something, you should really see what your students are going through first before you before you teach it because you'll have ideas as you're taking that student course of how you would like to present the material maybe in your own way you know anthony Man, Sandy, does you it, hit the nail right on the head go ahead you were saying I'm well sorry. i mean you do it different than uh you know any of your other instructors you know yep. each one has their own way to present it but if you haven't taken the material and you don't and you haven't immersed yourself in the material you know you may be a shooter for your entire life but to take a systematic approach to teaching you have to take the systematic approach to learning first every time i teach a class i learn something yes yes at least yes. one thing right usually a lot more now when my guys and girls here are running all the our classes are booked out till january by the way our student classes rifle pistol shotgun nra mm. january uh five classes a week 12 in a class Wow. Do the math. 60 people a week. Yeah. yeah. With, oh, because of COVID capacity, we're not doing more. Right. But I go into every class because we bring the, pe the students in like four at a time to shoot. So there's three relays that go in to do the live fire. I go in every class and I work the room and I talk to everybody. The questions I get, you know, that I learn so much right. that when I sit down with the instructors, I'm like, you know what? We should add this to the class. Remember, when you're teaching an NRA certified class, you can add to it, but you can't take away from it. Right. You have to follow the core curriculum, but you can't take away from it. So there's so much out there. There's so much out there to learn. There's so much out there because uh, things that you can change learn constantly. You know, situations Correct. change, people's change, new people coming in from different countries, uh, new people coming in who have never touched a gun before. You forget so much of what it was like to be new. <laughs> We, we all do. We forget how nervous we were. Oh, Most yeah. people forget how nervous oh, we were. God, you know, we yeah. have these students coming in now. They're green. They're newbies. Uh, uh, six weeks ago, they were like anti-gun. 
Yeah, right, you know? right, right. And now they're sitting in a classroom. The last thing you want is a crappy presentation, a Marine Corps type boot camp presentation. You got to welcome everybody. That's why I can't get rid of my customers. That's the secret to gun for hire success here, because we treat everybody like family. We're always there to help everybody out. We're always there to answer questions. We never close the door on them. And it's the it's the secret sauce that many people don't have. I get oh, I get yeah, people definitely. coming in all the time and they're like, I went to blah, blah, blah. And it was too paramilitary or they treated me like an asshole. You know, I hear so much of that stuff from people and I don't put anything out there and like come to us and, you know, let let the referrals speak for themselves. Well, you, you know, know I, I can attest to it personally because I first learned how to shoot a gun in the service, right? And again, it was it was a situation. They put a bunch of doctors. We had to learn how to use sidearms, <laughs> which was pretty funny. And um, it was at Camp Lejeune. And... Of course, you've got a Marine Corps instructor teaching a bunch of idiot doctors how to, yeah. how to handle a, a sidearm. I, I, I fired, you know, it, it was the Beretta, right? Beretta 92. And I fired that for the first time. And the slide, it, it, you, know, you, you, know, you know, like the, 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 uh, the two-stage trigger, right? And yes. I'm expecting it. I thought the gun was broken. So <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit, I broke the gun. So I'm calling the I'm calling I'm afraid now to call the drill instructor I'm because the, you know the range instructor because I'm afraid to get yelled at. So you know I go from that to the first time you taught me how to shoot, and it was it was a night and day, and and I was able to improve my scores constantly because you were, you know you you were you were. I hate to ruin your reputation, but you were you were patient and kind and and courteous about the entire uh, entire thing, and I wasn't afraid to ask questions. And you gave me tips that were just incredible, and that's what you want in an instructor. You want someone, especially if you're a first time firearms user, you just don't you just don't load the gun and go to the range and shoot and go. Oh, how did I do? And I see that so much on these gun forums. Uh, you know, you re read the Reddit forums. You know what's in very interesting is because I'm a member of the, uh, the uh, most of the the Reddit forums for firearms, and you start to see people just posting targets, and it, it looks like a you know uh, you know a spray and pray type of thing, and 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 everybody's like, oh well, that's pretty good for your first time. Well, no, it's it's not, <laughs> right? I mean, if you if you practice properly. Uh, from the beginning, you don't have to worry about breaking very bad old habits that get ingrained. And there's so much misinformation. Oh, I read God. the stuff and I cringe. Oh, you cringe. And a lot of times I'll DM somebody and say, uh, I'll private message them and say, you, you really shouldn't post this yeah, question. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, no, but I'm like, you shouldn't post it because, you know, if law enforcement's looking at right. that, you know, just went to Pennsylvania and picked up these 30 round magazines, FU New Jersey. Right. Really? Yeah, that's really, now you got documented evidence that's going to put you in jail yeah. for, you know, 10 yeah, minimum so, mandatory. Yeah, I'll, I'll message people all the time. Some people get combative and abrasive. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh -huh. uh, some people are like, "Wow, I didn't know." Thanks. Especially a lot. the new people, they get they get so yeah, defensive and abrasive and like you know, fu type of thing, and, and it's like, dude, I'm just trying to tell you, and then they argue. With I had one uh, last week. What do you mean I can't have a retractable stock on my M16? When did this? Yeah, when happen? did this happen? Right. 
First of all, bub, it's an AR-15. Second of all, <laughs> yeah, you don't even want to. You don't. You don't even want to engage in that. <sighs> We're done. We are I've had it with you. I've, I've had it with you. No, it's been how many? 490 hours of this. Could you imagine? Close to 666. Thank God. <laughs> what, did I say it's that? It's great. Allow? We're getting close to 666. It will be our 13th year. Oh, show 666 will be taped on a Friday the 13th. <laughs> oh, it's good. <laughs> uh, I, I love you all, even you pain in the ass bitches that send me five thousand questions and messages. <laughs> we're learning, we're learning, we're learning, we're learning. Okay, on that note, you've done it again. You've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun for Hire Radio. Gun for Hire Radio is a counterfeit media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. On behalf of our we're done curmudgeon. Uh, Master Trainer Anthony Calandro and the rest of the crew here at Gun for Hire Radio, we do thank you so much for listening. And a special, special welcome to all you new shooters, especially from the liberal side. Welcome. We love you. Share the information with your friends. Get somebody else out to the range. Introduce them. Show them how wonderful the shooting community is and how much fun it is. We love you guys. See you next week. From sea to the shine.